Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the full slate NFL divisional round pick'em pod, brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm your co-host Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother Tyler Darwick. Tyler, a little IU Northwestern's lead into the pod. Nothing better than that. Nothing better. Just a thrilling IU win. Um, they're down 10 in the second half. Luckily, they came back and won. Just the more you watch this team, just it's just terrible basketball, really. Yeah, I tweeted out how miserable this team is. The only thing that is predictable are the turnovers and the terrible offensive possessions and missed threes. Yet, <clears throat> we're 12-3. and three. We win Saturday at home versus Ohio State. And you said it to me before the pod. I tweeted out, I don't know, we're 13-3 and wins over Ohio State, Florida State, UConn. Just like that, I'm wrote back in. Ultimately, it'll end in in a letdown and heartbreak. But um, this is like the sick, twisted trick IU basketball's played on us. Definitely. I mean, it's been the same thing since we've watch them, whether it be Crean or Archie, just always getting too much hope and them letting us down. And you could tell there's just some guys on the team who just kind of seem uninterested. So that's really disheartening. It's January and guys, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the juice is there, which is not a good thing. Not great. Um, we will be 
in Bloomington together to watch uh, our Hoosiers play Ohio State Saturday at noon. And we'll also be together for these Saturday NFL games, including the 49ers. Tyler, we're here at the divisional round, our last weekend of four NFL games. Um, so got to savor it. There's only four, four more, three more games after this weekend, uh, not including the Pro Bowl there. The weekend kicks off with the Niners, our San Francisco 49ers hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Niners are seven-point home favorites, over-unders 44-and-a-half. The, the total has actually went down. It opened, I believe, at 46. Um, Tyler, Vikings... You got to give them credit. They took care of business in New Orleans, um, did a really good job offensively. They were 10 of 18 on third down conversions. They scored touchdowns in three of their four red zone trips um, and really relied on Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, kind of the recipe that tried and true for them. Uh, the Niners, they obviously have had an absolute roller coaster of a season. So the NFL Network tweeted out the five most exciting games of the NFL season. Four of them included the 49ers. They have home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. They've had a week off. This number seven is kind of tricky. Um, Tyler, I'm curious to hear your your gut instincts on the seven handle. Yeah, it's an interesting spot. Minnesota coming off such a good win. Um, you know, this is my ultimate nightmare. I've crapped on Kirk Cousins so much since we've been doing the full slate podcast deservingly so he had a great I wouldn't say he played great but he made some clutch plays last week got a road win in the playoffs if Kirk Cousins goes into San Francisco on Saturday and beats the 49ers eliminates from the them from the playoffs that's going to be an absolute nightmare uh, scenario for me but I don't think it's going to happen I think the 49ers are going to win as far as the spread goes I, I do lean towards the Vikings covering even though the 49ers are coming off the bye, they'll be well-rested. But if you look at some of the trends, they're in uh, Minnesota's favor. Shanahan's only 4-11-1 against the spread as a favorite as the 49ers coach. And under Zimmer, the Vikings are 44-19-1 against the spread versus non-divisional opponents. We saw that happen last week when they beat the Saints, obviously covered in one outright as a dog. I think this is going to be a close game. It's not more so Kirk Cousins. I'm worried about that. It's Minnesota's defense the way their front four played against the Saints. Saints had one of the best offensive lines in the league, and the Vikings were able to get three sacks on Breeze, pressure him, I think, ten times, which was the most that happened all season against New Orleans. So that's more my worry about the game, Minnesota's defense. So I do think it'll be a close game, but in the end, the 49ers end up winning. Yeah, yeah, and kind of this story... Of late for the 49ers, I think early in the season, it was the defense absolutely carrying them. Defense and run game. And as the seasons went on, the defense has regressed a bit. There have been a lot of injuries. They get three big names back, hopefully. It's trending in that direction. Quan Alexander, the big offseason pickup from the Bucks. He had a torn pec, basically the same injury J.J. Watt played with last week. Seem all indications are pointing towards him playing D Ford, which is huge for them. Their defensive line and pressure on the quarterback is a total another level when he's actually on the field. Um, seems like he's going to play. And Jaquiski Tart, safety, who's 
His his replacement, Marcel Harris, I think casual fans won't be as in tune to this. He has not been great for the 49ers, and it's been pretty obvious. Over the course of the season, the 49ers have given up 19 points a game defensively. Very solid, but the last four, it's been about 32 points a game. Now, some of that has to do with the competition ramping up over time, but I think injuries really did take a toll. Um, optimistic after having a week off, which was huge for this team. I had a week four or by um, a ton of like really playoff-esque games down the stretch, whether it was the game in New Orleans, Baltimore, um, the couple games versus Seattle, the Packers. This 49ers team is really tested. Their first playoff game, um, basically since the Harbaugh era Niners. I think the 49ers are going to come out and play well. Um, I think six and a half, seven is a tough number, but this Vikings team is on a short week. Um, plus, they had to play an overtime game versus the Saints. They have to go east to west. Um, and the Vikings are one and five against the spread the last six after consecutive against the spread losses. Um, I. I'm leaning towards the Niners in this one at home. I think the defense is going to show up, and I think Shanahan with an extra week to game plan against this Vikings defense, kind of see how the Saints approached it and hopefully uh, tweak accordingly. Um, I I think I like the Niners in this spot. I think it's more so a, a pick on the 49ers defense. I think with D Ford out there and these other weapons that they haven't had, I think it's hopefully going to bring that defense back to what we saw earlier in the season when they were just absolutely dominating teams. So I like the Niners minus seven in this spot. Over under 44 and a half. Um, I don't have a strong feeling on that one either way, honestly. I kind of like the 49ers and an over teaser. So you get it down to 38 and a half. The 49ers essentially minus one. Um, it feels like this total is going to hit at least 40. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the thing with the 49ers, and you kind of touch on it, you know, you look at the roster, not a ton of playoff experience. Obviously, with Sherman, Joe Staley, those guys have been around a long time, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. But for the most part, it's a young roster. But the thing is, the games they've played, New Orleans, Baltimore, Packers, Seattle, this these were playoff S games and games they had to win to get into this spot where they had home field advantage. So they are tested and having the ball. Sometimes teams could come out sluggish and you don't want the buy because you might be playing super hot and you want to keep going. But for the 49ers, I think is really key because like we've talked about, they have the week four buy. So they've been playing a ton of games. Emmanuel Sanders hasn't had a buy this year because he was traded before Denver had their buy. So he's played 17 games this season. So getting the buy for a guy like that, getting some of the guys who have been injured is huge. So I do expect them to come out and play well i just think i think minnesota is a good team especially with dalvin cook healthy the thing to note is adam thielen got hurt in practice today there's not a lot they're saying about it they're saying it's an ankle injury but uh, if he's banged up i think that changes their offense as well him and cook together takes that offense to an elite level and they can move the ball we saw what they did last week if thielen's out i think that hurts them and that's kind of uh kirk cousin's safety blanket because we see what happens with stefan diggs he doesn't get the ball for possession, and he's freaking out on the sideline. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, like I said, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards taking the points with the Vikings, but I do think the 49ers end up winning the game. I hope so. Um, yeah, they uh, 
this this Vikings team really does need Thielen to make plays for them offensively. He had a big game versus Saints, um, and he, he definitely takes them to another level. And I read an article online. I was talking about Jimmy G and kind of like his composure um, and how the team kind of feels like at all times he's the same guy in Shanahan saying, oh, yeah, it's, it's his first playoff start, but the guy – essentially went into Seattle and that was a playoff game for this team um, to get a bye. So I, I do have faith in him. I'm, I'm not as nervous um, as, I mean, he's a first time playoff starter. So we talked about the stats for those guys last week, one lost in Josh Allen, another one won in uh, Ryan Tannehill. So we'll see what happens here. So going into the late game on Saturday, we have the Ravens hosting the Titans Ravens are nine and a half point home favorites. Over under in this one is 47. Titans potentially ended the Pats dynasty as we know it last week. And they've just been a different team with Ryan Tannehill. He didn't do a whole lot last week, but they're six and two straight up. And against the spread, their last eight as a road team, they've been really solid this year. Six and three against the spread on the road. We know all about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, he's going to win MVP. He's only 23 years old. The offense has been incredible. They were 14-2 and two this year, 10-5-1 against the spread. Tyler, this feels like these two teams are kind of looking each other in the mirror in the sense that they love running the ball. Um, I think something interesting to note here, Mark Ingram, they're still being a little quiet about his injury. They're saying he's day-to-day. Um, I think they... He's a key piece for this Ravens team. Gus Edwards is is a nice player, but for the Ravens to be at their ultimate apex as a team, they need Mark Ingram and a healthy Mark Ingram. Um, nine and a half, a lot of points in the playoffs. Do you think, I mean, this Titans team, they've been rock solid with Ryan Tannehill. you think they keep covering? I'm, I'm leaning towards yes here. Yeah, and the thing with Ingram, he hasn't practiced uh, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. It. I mean, that's pretty serious. If he's not practicing, I feel like there's a good chance he doesn't end up playing. And if he does play, he might not be 100%. I think he really gets their offense going along with Lamar. So if he's out, I think that's a huge you know, weakness, and that's a huge advantage for Tennessee. We saw last year in the playoffs. I mean, Lamar is such a different player now. Um, he's much better than he was last year. But they brought in Mark Ingram to kind of compliment Lamar, be a physical runner, take the you know eyes off of the defense off Lamar bit on Ingram. So if he doesn't play, I think that's huge. But I do like the points with Tennessee. And Baltimore has been on fire, as we know. You know, they've won, what, 12 straight games since they lost to Cleveland in week four. They've won nine games this season by double digits. So they've been blowing everyone out. But I do think there is a part of it where they haven't played their starter since week 16. So I think they could come out a little sluggish. Tennessee has a lot of momentum, and I just really like Mike Vrabel. I think he's one; he's emerging as one of the best coaches in the league. That team plays super hard every week for him, and they're just a, a fundamentally sound team. Tannehill's going to have to play better than he did versus the Patriots. They're not going to be close in another game where Tannehill throws only 70 yards, but I think he will play better and an advantage um, you know, with Derrick Henry. Obviously, Tennessee averages five yards a carry on the ground, which is third best in the NFL in the regular season. And the Ravens allowed 4.4 yards per carry, which is 21st. So if Derrick Henry gets going in this game and the Ravens can't get him off the field, that's a recipe for the Titans keeping, staying in this game and potentially winning. 
um, keeping Lamar off the field and just running and draining clock. So I do see that as the recipe for them to win. In the end, I think the Ravens will win because they're the better team. But I think Tennessee keeps it close in this nine and a half number. I'm with you here, Tyler. I think the Titans are going to be able to play keep away from this Ravens team and kind of give them a taste of their own medicine, really run the ball. I agree with what you said. They're going to have to throw the ball more than just 15 times. And I think they will be able to. The Ravens have had a really solid pass defense. Um, as soon as they kind of picked up Marcus Peters, kind of flipped this defense on its head. They're the sixth best pass defense in the NFL. Um, but given the Ingram injury, even if he plays, it seems like he's not going to be 100%. Um, and the way Derrick Henry's been playing over the past like eight weeks or so, Tyler, it feels like besides like Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, this guy is the next like game changer in in the NFL. Just the way he's able to dominate these games. Um, I think you gave the stat on the Sunday scariest pod, but literally went a quarter in the game versus the Pats, and he had all of the offensive uh, yards from scrimmage for this Titans team. So they're incredibly reliant on him. Um, so I'm with you. I like the Titans with the points, nine and a half. Road Dogs have had success versus Lamar. Uh, they're eight and three against the spread um, when Lamar starts for the Ravens. So I'm I'm gonna take the Titans here. A little nervous about it, just given how explosive the Ravens' offense is. But I think they're gonna be a little bit rusty with essentially two whole weeks off without really without running a meaningful snap as a team. Um, so I. I'm on the Titans. The weather in this game is so weird. It's in Baltimore. It's a January Saturday night. You figure it would be freezing. It is supposed to rain, but it's supposed to be 62 degrees, which is insane. So I don't know how that's going to play a factor. If it if it rains a lot, I think that helps Tennessee further. If um, you know, It just becomes kind of what the, the Baltimore 49ers game were, where neither team could really move that well in the passing game, so it was a lot of running. If it turns into that type of game, I think it... It favors Tennessee and Derrick Henry's physical run style. One huge matchup to watch is Tennessee's the best offense in the NFL in converting red zone drives into touchdowns. I'll bring up the stat. It's something crazy. Um, 76% of their red zone trips turn into touchdowns, and the Ravens have the third best red zone defense, only allowing 47% of the time teams to convert touchdowns. So that's going to be huge. When Tennessee gets into the red zone, they're going to have to score touchdowns. You can't settle for field goals versus Lamar and the Ravens when that offense is so explosive. So that'll be a really interesting matchup to watch. And A.J. Brown, who had been dominating the last month, two months of the season, he didn't do anything versus the Patriots. I feel like he might be due to have a huge play in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That red zone sets nuts for the tight ends. I think they're going to be able to keep this game close. Ravens will win, but feels like a touchdown game to me uh we're gonna take a quick break here and then come back and go through these sunday games and give out our lock of the week all right cody let's move on to these sunday games and the early game on sunday houston going into kansas city to take on the chiefs the chiefs are nine and a half point home favorites the over-under is 51. And I'm going to throw a little trivia question at you, Cody, to start. So since the Chiefs lost their last game to the Titans as like week 10 or 11, they've won their last six games. How many points do you think their defense is allowing per game? Um, fun trivia, Tyler. Thank you. I'm going to say 13. 
You didn't sound enthused, but 11 and a half, so close, but it's insane. When you talk about the Chiefs, everyone talks about their offense, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, how explosive they are, but the defense has been playing well, and they've played some decent teams. They played the Patriots during that stretch. Chargers aren't no chump on offense, so the defense has really taken over. They're 6-0 in their last six games, 6-0 and against the spread. Andy Reid off a of bye is historically pretty good, 17-9 and against the spread. Where are you leaning in this game, Cody? I, I really like the Chiefs at home. Um, Andy Reid off a of bye. He's been rock solid. You said it's 17-9 against the spread, 22-4 and straight up. Uh, the Bills were really able to run all over this Texans team. They rushed for 172 yards in that game. They really were in control for most of it. The Texans kind of snuck away with the win and cover in that one. Really just came down to Deshaun Watson, um, who already has beaten the Chiefs this season. So we got to mention that. Um, And that really was just a Deshaun Watson game where he played balls to the wall. Will Fuller's due back for Texans, which Bill Simmons will tell you super meaningful. And it does matter, but like, I don't think he's necessarily swinging my pick here. Um, it honestly comes down to me in this one. Andy Reid with a full week off, off a of bye um, versus Bill O'Brien. Andy Reid's notorious for extremely questionable clock management. We've seen it time after time. But Bill O'Brien also stinks as a head coach. I know they continue to win divisions and whatnot, but it, the guy is just... Once we get to this weekend, um, I think you kind of need to have that extra layer, um, net, get, be able to get to that extra level as a head coach in the NFL. I'm not sure Bill O'Brien can get there for me. So I like the Chiefs in this one. Um, the Texans, this this stat here sums them up pretty well to me. They're 1-7-1 against the spread after and against the spread win. So it's like you're really asking a lot of this team this year to – rattle off a couple of really solid games in a row. Um, I like the Chiefs at home in Arrowhead with all their weapons back. Um, I'm, I'm sticking to them. I didn't see really anything out of the Texans in the wild card round that gives me hope that they can go in there. I mean, we're just hoping for a single digit game here with the spread being nine and a half. And I'm not really confident they could do that, especially since they lost uh, to this Chiefs team. Or sorry, since they beat the Chiefs, this Chiefs team earlier in the year. Yeah, as you mentioned, Bill O'Brien, always shaky. If you look at the eight coaches remaining, I think he's number eight by far. So I think that's a huge advantage for the Chiefs. And like you pointed out, the Texans did beat them earlier in the year. And look at the box score from that game. Texans had 35 first downs compared to t- only 20 by the Chiefs. Texans outgained them by almost 170 yards. They ran for 192. They possessed the ball for 39 minutes compared to the Chiefs, only 20. You know, that is the formula to beat the Chiefs, keep Mahomes off the field, but I just don't see a world where that happens again. Like I said, the Chiefs' defense has been playing a lot better the last month and a half of the season. Their pass defense is eighth in the NFL. Um, and then you look at Houston side of the ball defensively, they're 29th against the pass and Buffalo moved the ball on them pretty well last week. The issue with Buffalo was they couldn't finish in the red zone. Josh Allen still inaccurate, makes stupid mistakes. That was the issue that kept the Texans around and you give Deshaun Watson enough chances. He's going to take advantage and he played great down the stretch of that game, but you're not going to get away with that versus the Chiefs. Mahomes will make you pay. So 
I have no problem laying the big number at nine and a half. I honestly think the Chiefs blow them out. Like we've been talking about, Chiefs have been just super underrated during this six-game winning streak they went on to end the season. I think they blow out Houston in this game and you know set up what I think is going to be hopefully an awesome AFC Championship game versus Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in agreement there. Um, we're both on the Chiefs. The late game Sunday, basically early evening, um, the Packers are hosting the forever pesky Seattle Seahawks. Packers are four-point home favorites in this one, over under 47. Seattle's been incredible on the road um, this year and just in general. They're 6-2-1 against the spread. This year, Packers tweeted it out earlier this year. They're 13-3 and and potentially the worst 13 and three team I can remember, um, but 10 and six against the spread at home in Lambeau. Seattle just kind of snuck by and did enough uh, to hold off an Eagles team that couldn't have been more banged up, and they really struggled to run the ball um, in Philadelphia. Russell Wilson was their leading rusher in that game. He ran for 45 yards. Uh, Travis Homer and Marshawn combined for 19 yards rushing. Um, Packers well rested at home. These two teams always play insane games. Um, so I I don't know how'd you feel about this one. I I've went back and forth like six times. Yeah, I actually really like the Packers in this game. The more I've thought about it, at four it could still be a, a you know a one score game. Seattle plays every game in one score, but I think the injuries we've been saying it all year. But look at the guys who didn't practice for them again today: Dwayne Brown, Mikey Upati, George Font. These are all guys on the offensive line. Uh, Clowney was limited. I mean, DK was limited, but he he's, it wasn't an injury. But they're just they're limited, I think, and it's finally going to catch up to them. And the thing with the Packers, you mentioned it, and we've talked about it, 13-3 this year. It didn't feel like it was deserving, but they are 13-3, and and I think they've had a few weeks of just hearing that narrative that, oh, they weren't deserving. Everyone thought, you know, the Saints were going to roll last week, go into Lambeau, beat them, maybe go to the Super Bowl. Well, the Saints didn't even get to them. They lost at home to Minnesota team that the Packers have beaten twice this year. And a lot of people like Seattle this week. Uh, um, 61% of the bets are on Seattle. 57% of the money is on Seattle to cover in this game. But I like the Packers. I think... Their front seven, the way they played against Minnesota that Monday night game, week 16, that was super impressive. That was a game we both, I think we both thought Minnesota would win. I thought they would cover and, uh, you know, win handily. But their front seven played well. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. With Seattle's injuries on the offensive line, I think it finally takes its toll this week. And the Packers' defense kind of carries them this game. And Aaron Jones also, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's still on Rodgers and capable of getting hot. But this team has turned into a defensive and running first football team. And I think they'll take care of business at home this weekend. I really hope so. Um, I, I do not want to have to see Russell Wilson again this year. Um, and I started before I did my homework on the game. I was like, I mean, I knew Seattle's road numbers this year. They've been unbelievable. Um, not even just against the spread, but straight up as well. Um, and I just figured I would go that way, but 
the more I dug into this, the more I, I'm with you. I've liked the Packers in this. Seattle struggled recently at Lambeau. Their own five against the spread their last five games at Lambeau. Packers have been able to convert 64% of their red zone possessions for touchdowns, which is huge, especially in the playoffs. That's six best in the NFL. And they've only become more and more reliant on Aaron Jones as the season went, has went on. Um, the last... They're, they're basically the last four games averaging 134 rushing yards a game. Um, I think it's just going to be a heavy dose of him. Rodgers will do enough. And quite frankly, Seattle is one-dimensional. Um, the the injuries to Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and Procise have added up. Travis Homer, he seems like okay. He seems fine. Um, but this Packers defense is pretty solid. I think they'll be able to contain them and make – Seattle totally one dimensional and I I have I have a good feeling that Green Bay is gonna be able to do enough to knock off Seattle. Four points, not a ton at home. And during Aaron Rodgers' career, Green Bay is fifty three, thirty and three at home in games he has started. Um 53 30 and 3 at first I don't, couldn't remember if it was 53 3 and 3 that would be something but I like them a lot in this spot um they basically have been outscoring teams by eight points a game in his home starts throughout his career I think this is the best defense he's had like maybe ever um in his career that I can recall even the Super Bowl team it just kind of felt like they were outscoring people back then and obviously the last few years they've been pretty tough um, on the defensive side of the ball and I think Seattle's overachieved and I think this is where they meet their maker and go into Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers please do us a solid and just destroy them yeah and it's supposed to be a cold game there it'll be around I think 17 degrees when it kicks off and I think that favors the Packers like we said the running game their defense Seattle they said they're going to give Marshawn Lynch the ball more I don't see how that's going to have how that's going to benefit them. He's averaging like two and a half yards a carry in his two games with them. So it doesn't seem like that's going to be a recipe for success. And these teams have had a history, obviously the NFC championship game, the Monday night game with, you know, the officials botching that hell Mary at the end. They've had a couple other crazy games, but looking back at those games, that was more so Aaron Rodgers versus Legion of boom. Seattle's defense is not the same. It is Josh McCown had like, pretty good success for some last week he hadn't played all season he came in and he kept the eagles in that game and you know the fact seattle couldn't blow them out is really concerning to me so now they come into this game versus rogers cold weather game they're rested and like i said i think they're going to be irritated because that the whole storyline this season really has been oh green bay's not that good they haven't beaten anybody i think they would come in uh pissed off and they They'll salivate at knocking out Russell Wilson as well. So I like the Packers. All right. We're in agreement in three out of four of these games. That's always set up for an interesting weekend uh, financially for both of us. Um, Tyler, lock of the week. We need to bounce back. We both lost last week. Um, I will let you go first here. Who is your lock of the week? So my lock of the week, the game we just talked about, I like the under in the Seahawks-Packers game at 47. So in Rodgers, cold weather starts under 50 degrees with a total below 51 since 2015. Sorry, under 50 or 15? 50. Okay. 50 degrees with a total 
below 51 since 2015, the unders 37 and 27, including 4 and 1 this season. Um, some other trends, the total has gone under in Packers 7 of their last 8 games against NFC teams. Pack in the Packers game since week 8, the total score in those games hasn't gone over 47. The average score has been 38.75. So pretty large sample size both of these teams are top 10 in time possession so i think to score in this game it's gonna be a lot of longer drives and also russell wilson and rogers they don't turn the ball over a lot at all so you're not going to get any you know cheap turnovers that sets up the other team in good field position both guys are really good at protecting the ball so i like under 47 uh kind of similar what we saw with the uh, Eagle Seahawks game last week that was low scoring. It'll be a little high, higher scoring than that game, but I don't think this go the total comes close to forty seven. Yeah, forty seven is high, um, especially because it feels like DK Metcalf was incredible last weekend in Philly. That game was like forty degrees. This will be a real test for him as one of their top offensive weapons. It's really him and Lockett at this point, given the situation in the backfield. Like, how will he play um, in in the really cold weather road game, uh, road playoff game? It's unproven. Um, I agree. I'm with you. I think Green Bay is going to pound the rock with Aaron Jones, set up the pass game for Rodgers, Devontae, uh, Adams. But I, I like 47. This number is like a couple points higher than I thought it would be. Um, so I like it. I will I will bet it and ride with you there. But it is not my lock of the week. But I am going with a different under. Um, I'm taking the under in the Chiefs-Texans game. The total here is 51. I think at face value, you just assume that Chiefs at home are going to put up 35 points a game like blindly in my head that would be the the thought obviously with Andy Reid the offensive wizard Patrick Mahomes we've seen what he's done the first two years uh, when he has started for them but since Andy Reid took over as head coach of the Chiefs in 2013 they've actually scored three points fewer a game on average at home than on the road Um, and this year the Chiefs have their games have had a total of 43 points on average at home, which is 24th in the league. Uh, Whereas on the road, their games are putting up 51 points, which is second highest in the league. And we spoke about it. Their defense has been great the last six weeks. They've really hit in their stride. They have played some weaker competition, but at the end of the day, this Chiefs defense is getting gashed by the Lions in in Detroit earlier in the season. They've come into their own. Um, And on the Texans side of the ball, the total's hit the under the last four uh, road games for the Texans um, and five of the last six games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just a team that is very public. We assume Mahomes, Watson, Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, all the all the fun Madden weapons and fantasy football guys are in this game. Um, but I really I like the under in this game. It's not going to be as cold as it's going to be in Green Bay, but it's going to be in the 30s. Um, no precipitation, but again, I I like this a lot. I think the Texans are just not going to show up in this game. It feels very much like 30 to 17, and and you're fine there. And specifically in the Chiefs' last six game, the average score has only been 39 points. 
and we saw it when they played the Chargers um, in the last week of the regular season. Damian Williams has really become someone they kind of lean on. Um, so I see them doing more of that. I think they'll get up early versus Texans and try and keep Deshaun Watson on the sideline. So I'm uh, I'm locking in the under 51 here. Yeah, that Chiefs that Chiefs home stat is so bizarre. I, I have no idea why that's the case makes, with Andy Reid. It makes Reed. no sense, right? It's so weird, but it just is what it is. Maybe they like blow people out more and they, I don't know, take their foot off the gas. It's weird, but I like that. I was looking at that as well, and I mentioned Andy Reid is 17-9 and against the spread after the bye. Even the better bet, the under is 20-6 and after a bye, so that indicates they get off to slow start. Um, you know, that's what you have to look for. And also the weather, you said it's going to be a little colder, also 12 mile per hour winds. And that typically leans towards the under as well, hitting 56%. So I like that. I, I just, I think the chiefs, this is going to be similar to the game they played last year versus the Colts. I think that was like 31 to 10. So I, I see a similar game where the chiefs put up their numbers, but the defense has been playing well. And I think they'll be motivated the way they played last time versus Deshaun and the Texans where they got gashed and they frankly got embarrassed on their home field and they couldn't stop them. I think they're going to play with a lot of energy and excitement. So I agree with you. I think the under is a good play here with the weather and the way the Chiefs defense has been trending. All right. Tyler, a lot of agreement here between the two of us. Um, I actually, besides the 49er game, which obviously nervous about, excited about, first playoff game since 2013 i don't i don't have a great feel on that one gambling wise but for all the other games i feel pretty good about it which uh is is it definitely interesting feeling to be in yeah i i feel good about them as well last so last week the road teams were three and one straight up the under was four and oh also last week and if you remember last year i think all four underdogs covered uh wild card weekend and then the favorites dominated divisional round so we'll see um we were i think split between or no we were yes split i think between favorites and dogs this week so we'll see what happens sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.